Hi, I'm Jane O'Reilly, and this is Ageless. I'm 40, and my life is just getting started. I'm here to share real talk and real experiences about how to live life ageless. Nothing's off the table. You know the vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to Ageless, and today I am joined by Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream, an award-winning, best-selling author of 10 books, an award-winning dream expert, certified clinical hypnotherapist, inspirational speaker, workshop facilitator, and she holds a doctorate degree in interfaith studies. Her unique approach to dream work led her to consult with thousands of individuals from Fortune 500 executives to celebrities to stay-at-home moms. She hosts the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show podcast and is the founder of DreamWork Practitioner Training, an online professional development program empowering people to incorporate dream work into their careers. As a dream expert, Kelly is a regular guest on many national national talk shows, including Dr. Oz, The Real, Coast to Coast, and Hallmark's Home and Family. She's decoded dreams for celebrities such as Topher Grace, Stasi Schroeder, Logan Paul, Ricky Lake, and The Real Housewives of Orange County, New York, and many more. And she has a new book out called A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, The Art of Transforming the Tragic into Magic. Kelly Sullivan Walden, welcome to Ageless. Thank you, Jaina. It's wonderful to be ageless with you and to be <laughs> in your field. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Well, there's so many directions I'd love to go with you. But what I wanted to start with is how did you become a dream expert and how did you get your start decoding dreams? Oh, Lord. So my origin story goes back to when I was very little. Um, just like most of us as little kids, I paid attention to my dreams. There was they were very vivid. I, I think what was slightly different in my world was my younger sister and I showed up in each other's dreams in, and it turns out it was tandem dreaming. So it was being in the same place and having a memory about it and being and interacting with each other in the dream. And we still sort of do that to this day. I mean, we have a lot of kind of psychic overlap. So that was sort of the beginning of me having a deep appreciation for dreams and knowing that there was some magic into it, but I didn't think it was anything different than anyone else was doing. I, um, I used those, like my dreams were sort of my, my window into what was really going on. It helped me navigate relationships and some really rough times that I had during junior high school and high school. I was, I just thank God it was before the days of cell phones and social media because that would have been a thousand times more awful. I have so much compassion for kids these days, but I do too. I do too. It, that was a that was a really special time. Yeah, we're so lucky. We really <laughs> as bad are. as it was. It's like, oh my god, we got so lucky. Anyway, I became a certified clinical hypnotherapist, and I, in my early ish twenties, maybe mid twenties, I've been doing that now for the last twenty five years, and hypnosis is. It really relates to the subconscious mind, which is where our dreams come from. So by becoming a hypnotherapist, I I became really fascinated with the symbolism of dreams. And my own dreams started to really come back to me in full force once again, after a bit of a drought from another incarnation, but that's like another show for another day. Right. <laughs> but we'll have to have you back for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Okay. I will. I will. I'll do anything you say, Jaina. <laughs> but um, in working with clients, I found that 
when they would share a dream with me, we would, the progress of the sessions would just move so much more rapidly than if we were just simply talking from using our conscious mind, our logical mind's perspective. So dreams, I just, the respect that I have for dreams just keeps intensifying over, over the years. And I eventually was encouraged by a bunch of people to write a book about my point of view about dreams because there was without i'm not i'm not a pollyanna although i do have a positive outlook on life and and i and i would see the gold even in the nightmares even in the most horrific nightmares i wouldn't just ignore the horror but i would also say well this is the opportunity this is what's dying but this is what's coming into it's wanting to be birthed or this is the new life that's coming through so i i didn't ever leave people feeling crazy or horrible about themselves and their dreams i have this knack for being able to find the positive even in the most tragic of circumstances that's so, a gift that's a yeah. true gift thank you so basically that I, I wrote a bunch of dream books and then i wrote this new book a crisis is a terrible thing to waste that isn't necessarily dream centric although there are a few dream references in this book there's actually quite a few more than i more than i thought i was like this is not a dream book and of course it is everything's a dream but Everything. but there are, but there are but it's really about taking the waking nightmare and finding the gold even in the difficult things that happen to us in our waking reality so i'm happy about the full circle of that Yes, I love all of that. And I didn't want to dump this on you, but as I was prepping, dump away, <laughs> dump away, as I was prepping for this show, I really wanted to be able to share a dream with you. And my mind yes. was completely blank. And <laughs> I swear I manifested a nightmare because I wake up Yay! at like really crazy early hours. So I was up at four yesterday and I did a bunch of work and then by 6 a.m. my eyes were literally closing. So I took a nap. And in that period, I had a nightmare. So I okay. wanted to share it with you and see if Hit. we could decode it. Let's do it. Let's break it down. Okay. So I, shall I, I teach you my little down. I'll teach you my dream formula as we go. With any dream, I I I say let's do the jet set formula because ultimately every dream is meant to lift us up and take us on a journey to somewhere really wonderful, even if it's a nightmare. So the J in jet set starts with just the facts, ma'am. So give it to me. That's just the facts. Okay. I wrote yeah. it down because I didn't want to miss a beat. Okay. Great. So I was moving into a new place with my boyfriend. And it was a darling little blue cottage with a large outdoor space. And it was next door to a park with a baseball field. So I went over to the cottage. We had just moved in um, to drop off my little dog, who's the love of my life. She's my little chihuahua. You may have hear her in the background. <laughs> I love chihuahuas. Oh, they're the best. They're my favorite. Mm. Um, so I'm dropping and I don't normally put my dog outside, but I felt really safe at this place. And I went over to the new place to put Monroe is her name. I put her outside and there was a softball game going on next door. So I drop the dog off. I leave and I go and run some errands. I don't remember what any of the errands were because I was quickly transported back to the house. And um, as I pulled up, I noticed all the fencing in the front had been uprooted, like a tornado went through it. And the whole I went inside and everything was completely destroyed, turned upside down. And I ran to the back to go get Monroe and she was gone. 
And like, I had this panic. So I ran over to the softball game and I, I like, if somebody was throwing a ball to first base, I'm like running down the the line after it and trying to just find my dog. And then all of a sudden I woke up, I was like jolted out of the dream. And then she was laying in a ball next to me. So when you woke up, when I woke up, like I literally thought the dog was gone. It felt so real. Right. Oh gosh. I know that dream. Oh, thank you so much. So it's the, the E in jet set is what's the emotion, emotion. and it's kind of clear, but, but tell us the couple beats of the, of the dream, the emotion. It was, I went from complete joy and excitement about the new place to complete and utter panic and loss. Ooh. Yeah. Mm, thank you. And the T and Jet Set is for the title. If this dream were a movie or a horror movie, <laughs> what would what would the title of this movie be? The Blue Cottage. The Blue <laughs> Cottage. Oh God. Good title. Oh. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, I feel your tears. I can feel it. Oh gosh. Okay, so the S is for the standout symbols. So standout symbols here in this dream or standout elements. Well, obviously the cottage was the standout, but the color blue. That yes. Definitely good. the color blue. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of green because it was extremely lush and green in the backyard. And then also the park next door was green. So th yeah. those two colors stand out for me. Yeah. So I'm hoping that you're going to tell me I'm coming into some money or something with the green. <laughs> you're coming into some money, honey, with all that green. There you go. <laughs> and um, mm, what are Monroe. Monroe, but also just that tornado feeling. Right. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, interesting. And just as you said that, I'm looking, I'm facing my window and it is a windstorm and it was really calm earlier and it just literally started whooping up just when you said tornado. So that's I don't think wild. it's going to be a tornado, but that's just, there's always synchronicities that happen in the space of, of dream sharing. Okay. So in a word, just tell me what some of these things mean to you if I was an alien and had no idea. So this, the cottage, a few words. Safety. Oh. Safety. Oh yeah. Blue. Calm. Calm. Green. Prosperity. Prosperity. Tornado. Upheaval. And Monroe. Love. She's love. my little ball of love. Ball of love. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so the E in the dream is for enlighten. So it's this is where it takes sometimes it's not so easy to see but um but this is where we're headed how is this dream how do you think this dream might be trying to enlighten you and then i'll dive in with the e and with to help you with the t wow why is this one so hard but the e is always the hard part this is kind of where if if there's an automatic thing that's already there then then say it otherwise it'll come through in the sharing so in the back and forth um trust that i just have to trust that Ooh. All will be well. Okay. That I can't control the universe. Okay. Wow. All right. You're good. You're good. So the <laughs> last, the last piece that we'll get to is the T, and that's the take it to the street. That's the 
action component. I believe every dream that we remember requires some form of action in our waking life, but we'll get to that in a, in a moment. Um, so are you open for some of my feedback? I would love your feedback. <laughs> I'm completely open. Oh my gosh. So if it were my dream, I'm the the feeling that I have when I when I step into the imagined version of this dream, my imagined version of this dream is there is like just like you said, there's this joy at the beginning. There's this <gasps> it's so idyllic, this this cute little place and and with my love and it's beautiful and it's quaint and there's this field across the street where people can play and there's all this kind of it it's it's interesting because i notice it's in some way more vulnerable to be joyous than it is to like to be in the midst of something difficult like to to open up to that hope to that possibility to that joy it's it opens up such a it, it makes us tender. It makes us unguarded. And so this dream t feels like to me, like I'm telling myself the moment I let myself get so happy and so excited, then it's like my guard goes down, the fences go down, my, my fences blow away. And then what's most vital to me, my precious little dog that to me represents caring for us and there wouldn't be this this fear of like of opening up so i think this dream is kind of showing what happens when i open up when i let myself get really happy and feel really abundant and and prosperous and and calm it's like uh so it's almost like the ego is saying nope i gotta keep my guard up mm -mm, it's not safe to love not safe to not safe to be that vulnerable and and yet i believe this is a venting dream that is helping to let go to some degree of that vigilance that that i feel the fence represents the vigilance and also the boundaries and it's kind of like if if all right let me just go here for a second go there i believe that a nightmare is an unfinished dream so if you were back in this dream but fully lucid like fully aware, oh, I'm dreaming. I can do whatever I want. This dream is this dream is mine. I am the Steven Spielberg of my dream. I can do whatever I want in this dream because I'm lucid. What would you do at the end of this dream? I would well, number one, I would find the dog. <laughs> the okay, dog would so, be found. So the dog so Monroe is found. So let's just it's like give me the scene you she comes running up in the park or or where is yeah. she where so she was watching the softball game <laughs> perfect of perfect. course of she course. was watching softball and i found her and then i just went to work on the place and i put it back together and i didn't take on the problem i just took action you didn't take on the problem you just took action to to put the fences back up rebuild everything to rebuild everything and then so my question would be that's great um what might happen the next time wind blows that there's a tornado what what kind of what would you do like say say you're further down the dream and there's another windstorm that's coming oh, i just wouldn't i wouldn't go to a place of fear you wouldn't go to a place if you're in the dream. So just in sticking the with the dream. Oh, 
Okay. Because because of why? Because it doesn't serve me. So let me just if it because now this is becoming my dream. This is all. <laughs> so this isn't just yours. <laughs> we can share so, it. We can share it. Okay. Anybody who's listening every dream to people who really care, it becomes their dream. So this is this is it because it touches your soul mm -hmm. and your soul according to the alchemist in the the book by Paulo Coelho. Anybody who touches is in touch with their soul is connecting to the soul of the world. So you're deeply touching my soul. And I would say anybody who's listening, who's in touch with their own soul is feeling something right now. So there's something about this kind of, it's almost like these, these mixed messages, which it's a cognitive dissonance. On some level, we wanna live so free that we don't have any fences, that we're just, we don't have any defenses. We're not defended, we're not, protected we're wide open hearted beings and yet there's this precious little vital part of ourselves that we do need to take care of and that we need to be mindful of that we don't want to just say hey run out in the middle of the street hey we don't i don't care about you it's like so we want to simultaneously be very like the like good mothers of our of our of ourselves of our most vulnerable self. And we also want to mature to the place where we trust that we live in a friendly universe. And, and so it feels like sometimes we do need a fence. Sometimes we need a strong fence, especially having a podcast, especially being a public person. Not everybody gets access to everything. I mean, sometimes when you step into the limelight, it's kind of like, I have no fences anymore. Where'd my fences go? They've been blown to bits. Everybody has access to all of me. And that we don't have to do that. We can be vulnerable and open in the public, but there's still a little precious part that still gets to be taken care of and isn't necessarily up for public opinion and public scrutiny and that kind of thing. So it feels like this dream, bottom line, I'm just going to wrap my own little bow around this. Mm-hmm if it were mine and then it, then the, you get the last word um you get the every word but this it feels like the ultimate feeling for me is my takeaway if i my take it to the street the final t is i want to become even more careful of how i treat my most my little monroe self my beautiful little love bug self i want to be very gentle with her and take good care of her so that in those moments when my fences blow away and when i'm in the midst of the winds of change i can i can trust that even even no matter what happens i'm going to be okay we're all going to be okay so i can be safe in this world even though it's a it's a world that is often and in many many times jagged and chaotic I'm because I am my own fences. I'm taking good care of myself. I can therefore be safe in this world. So how is any of that landing on you? No, Gina? it's landing perfectly because I'm at a turning point right now. I okay. there's a lot of change, a lot of decisions that need to be made and yeah. a lot of change that is to come. Mm. And I'm just trying to settle into it. And and I love what you said about taking care of the little Monroe inside of me, the little, the love inside of me. 
And no matter what, if the fences blow away, that I know I will be cared for. And that's truly how I feel. But yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I, I, maybe that's why I had that dream knowing that things are on their way. Yes. Very good. And I, I keep getting this image of, you know, those, there's those backpacks that you can put like a dog or a kid in, but then there's those little front packs. So like in yes. the midst of moving, when doors are open and fences are open, because there's a lot of movement, I'm just imagining Monroe being in this little front pack so that you can wrap your arms around your little Monroe self so that there can be all this movement into such a lovely, like a lovely next step. But Monroe is always close and nearby. And, and even just as I do this, I feel my own little inner Monroe feeling like, oh, she's got me. I'm not just open to run in the wind. It's like, I want to be close. We both, and this is an interesting little sidebar here. Um, Esther Hicks, who I'm sure you're familiar with, the one who channels Abraham. um, There's this whole notion of us humans being simultaneously freedom seeking and harmony seeking beings at the same time. Like we both, we all have that cognitive dissonance that we want to be free we want to have no fences. We want to run in the park. We want to watch the softball game and then go hang out with our friends and go crazy, go wild. Don't fence me in. And then there's the part of us that's like, no, no, no. I just want to be close. I just want to be connected. I just want to be right here. So it's an interesting kind of tug of war being human to to live in a world where we dissolve our fences and yet stay close. And the only way I think to really navigate that is to do that with ourselves, to give ourselves that closeness and connection so that we feel free to move about the cabin mm-hmm. <laughs> in this world and be and take risks. Having no fence is a really risky proposition. And I'm getting this weird little whoosh that's coming through me that's telling me that there's something to that, that, that willingness to take risks can really only happen when we feel so deeply connected to our most vital energy, to our little Monroe self. That is so beautiful. I love, love, love everything you just shared. And I just feel so connected to you right now. Me too. And this is, this is what I love about dreams. Like I feel we just met and I I feel like you are my ancient sister from millions of lifetimes. Like there's nothing we don't know about each other. Exact same way. Same. Oh, wow. And I love that you've got Marilyn Monroe over your shoulder. So people that are just listening can't necessarily visually see, but literally there's Marilyn Monroe on the wall. And I'm picturing that it's Monroe is also the precious little one, but it's also the beauty and the sacred sensuality and that femininity that is, some would even say it's dangerous to be gorgeous it's dangerous to be beautiful and feminine and sexy. I mean, even with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, that is so much about like women's sexuality. No, button that up. We're going to control it. I mean, I feel like this dream is about so much more than what's even on the surface. It's like, how do I care for that vulnerable part of me that the world sometimes really scrutinizes and, and still let myself be, be free and wild 
and run, run wherever I feel like running, wherever the wind takes me. Yes. Yes. And I am going to lay this back and transcribe everything that you said. What would be the next step, you know, in, in this process? Well, so the next step is you get to, and I'm just noticing you've got Marilyn over your shoulder and I've got Frida Kahlo over mine. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just bring them into this dream that we're having. So my question to you is with all that we've just talked about, what will be your action step, your take it to the street? Is there any next step that you will apply in your waking life that would embody the wisdom of this dream? The first thing that cared or that came to me was just self-care and really protecting and loving the real me. Yes. The one close to my heart. Yeah. Is there... Is there any physical thing that we'll do? Because a lot of what you just shared, I feel the resonance with it internally, but I think there's something that the dream calls for that's external to acknowledge. So what might be an external thing that you could measure, like a step, like going to the spa or I don't know, what would, what might even like, okay, before I do my next podcast, I'm going to really put my hand over my heart and I'm going to really love that part of me. Something that would be physical. Oh, you know, a breathing exercise. And I had never been into breathing exercises and my boyfriend turned me on to Wim Hof and we would do it together. And it really does something for me and in such a positive way. So that's the first thing that came to mind was do a breathing exercise. That's perfect. That's, that's excellent. So this is by doing this. And when you do the Wim Hof, think about this dream, think about the way that you're going to be holding Monroe, your inner Monroe to your chest. So you're not just doing the exercise that you might ordinarily do anyway. And in doing that, there's something really powerful, I think, in our in our neurological synapses and our in our wiring in our mind, because we're connecting this abstract, this abstract dream that comes from this kind of further out region of our of our psyche. And we're connecting it to our prefrontal cortex. We're kind of closing the loop between our subconscious and our conscious. And in so doing, it's as if we're sending a message to the dream maker. I am paying attention. I am listening. So keep it coming and make it even clearer and louder what you want me to know so that I can take that action. So it's like you're syncing up with that with that guidance and as you sync up, just like anybody, if you're really listening, they're going to keep talking. <laughs> they're going to they're going to tell you everything. So there's something powerful in closing that loop. Yeah, in that action. So that's how I would take it to the streets. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. I can see how this work really does help with career. And that was actually my next question for you is you know, how did you get into that piece and, and why is that so important in careers? Oh, so you mean for like dream work for people to help people in their career? Yeah. Well, I would say dreams are, there's in the life pie, there are like the main slices of the life pie. There's career, there's finances, and sometimes those go together. And then there's our primary relationships our spirituality, our the way we take care of our inner life, and there's our health and vitality. So we could say those are so, those are the primary 
slices of the pie. And I believe our dreams, any one dream, like we could take this one dream that you just shared and we could, we could look at it through the lens of relationship and say, this is about like becoming more free in your relationship and also taking care of yourself in relationship. But we could also look at it through the lens of career that if you're going to be six, like even more successful in your career, often the strategy is about figuring out how to be more visible, how to let down those fences so that more people can find you and see you and be drawn to you. And yet, whoa, how do you also take care of yourself when you're getting more attention, more love, more more people wanting things from you and there, people have more access to you? Oh my God. So sometimes like this is, you bring up a really interesting point because there's that saying that the the fear of failure is not our biggest fear. Our our fear of success is actually our biggest fear. And most people would say, no, it's not. I'm trying to be successful. What do you think I'm doing all this for? That's on the conscious level, but subconsciously, the subconscious message is, I just want to keep you alive. The subconscious mind is like, I don't care how many likes you have on Instagram or how much money's in your bank account. I My job is to keep you safe and to keep you alive. So if you want to become more successful, I need you to prove to me that you can handle that, that you're not going to go crazy, that you're not going to lose yourself because some people do. Some people are fine and dandy when their lives are really little. And the moment the spotlight gets on them, they start doing drugs. They start getting, they start sleeping with everybody. There, there's like scandals happen. Right. And then they, and they, next thing you know, they've like shot up a convenience store and it's like, whoa, that person used to be really cool. And then fame happened and whoa, they lost their bleep. So it's almost like to give the message to the subconscious mind, no matter what I do or where I go or how many people are paying attention to me, I'm taking care of myself. And that is number one. And I will always do that. I'm not going to give myself away to people. I'm going to give people access to ageless principles and the things that I care about, but I am simultaneously going to take care of myself. So I think our dreams are like a diamond. Mm -hmm. And if we look at it, it based on where we look and the different facets that we find ourselves looking at it from, we can see a message to ourselves about our health and vitality, about our our own spiritual path and about our own how to up level our spirit and also our our romantic lives as well as our success and our relationship and that has an effect on our finances so every dream can be looked at through each of those lenses and we'll get a different message based on the lenses we're looking through you are so eloquent and just such a beautiful person that was so amazing. I love this podcast. Um, well, without giving too much away, let's dive into your new book. A crisis is a terrible thing to waste because I, I know you mentioned that dreams are part of it, but it's kind of a different, a different take. Yeah. than your other books. Yes. The other books I've written, it's all in your dreams. I had the strangest dream, dreaming heaven and the chicken soup for the soul dreams, dream books, dreams and premonitions and dreams and the unexplainable. Those are overtly dream centric. 
So they're all really about how to work with your dreams and how to get the most from your dreams and dream examples of people that have won the lottery with their dreams or healed their body or found the love of their life. So those are all very exciting. And I think they're very practical for the dream space. And this book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, is focused more on our waking dream because we're always dreaming. We are a dreaming species. We can't stop dreaming. But I found that by doing this work, like the work that we, you and I just did, mm. by looking at a nightmare, which you had, that was a nightmare, but it's but we've transformed it into a nightmare by shining light on it, by by being willing to dive into it and really, really look at it. It's no longer a nightmare. I mean, does it still feel that way? Does it feel like it shifted some? Oh, no, it's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stealing that. (laughs) Yes, that's the steal away, steal away. So in doing this work for the last 25 years, I've started to blur the lines between our sleeping dreams and our waking dream. So I've started to really see the things that happen, I mean, the pandemic, for example, in my in my book, in the in the introduction of of my book, I talk about my nitty gritty shitty list. I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast. So sorry. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> this is an explicit <laughs> podcast. Go okay, well, it. here come the f bombs. Just kidding. <laughs> bring it, <laughs> bring it. Gird your loins, everybody. <clears throat> so, in my book, the in the introduction, I. I, I tell the, the the reader to admit, imagine that we're on a first date, whether they're man or woman or whatever. And I'm married, so, you know, don't worry. I'm not trying to hit on you. <laughs> imagine we're on a first date and you ask me, so tell me about yourself. And I say, oh, well, thanks for asking. Um, and then I proceed to unfurl a very long laundry list of every every shitty thing that's ever happened to me in my life from the i mean i don't know if there's space to go into that on this podcast but there's a long laundry list of having been stalked having to file restraining orders having been in involved with people who were in the mafia and having to find my way out of that and um people i love that have died very close friends and family and precious little pooches my little my little dogs i don't want to i'm gonna i mean you know there's an expiration date on all of us but anyway there's so many things that i'm and even i wrote about how there was my biggest shame really was my one year when i was 21 when i was a stripper in hollywood and i all the years of me being on a spiritual path and developing this career and this brand as Dr. Dream, I've never wanted anyone to know about, I mean, that one year, I mean, we all do stupid things in our 20s. We're we supposed do. to, that's what our 20s are for. And it's a bummer if we don't do something stupid in our 20s. That's like, oh, we didn't live. <laughs> what were you to say? No, I know I'm engaged. Oh. I want to go oh. deep into this. Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's keep going into that story. Ah, so I... I mean, there's all these things that I'm so that I have been up until writing this book, and maybe there's still some remnants about that. I'm in my own healing process, but in revealing everything I didn't want anyone to ever know about me and writing about treating them like they're a dream, like what if there was something, what if there was gold 
in these shitty situations that I found myself in, some of them because I, by my own making, and some of them by other people and me kind of falling prey to other people's shenanigans and whatever they did. And for for whatever reason, I started to look at my, I started to write these stories. It's like one at a time, I would say, okay, okay, nightmares, come and get me. And I would write each story down and then I would look for the gold. And I developed this practice called Ogle, which is the O-G-L-E. I don't know if there's room or time for me to share what Ogle No, please. I was going to ask you about that, to be honest with you. The four-step Ogle method. Yes. Bring it. (laughs) So you can tell already that I'm an acronym queen. It's the only way I can remember things on the fly, like jet set, the way to interpret dreams. And Ogle is the way to work with. So it's not just enough to say, okay, every shitty thing that happens to us there's gold in them, their hills. Okay, that's nice. But how do you get the gold? Like while you're in the middle of something horrible, how do you get the gold? And how do we get it? Like sometimes it takes years. Hindsight can be 2020. But according to an article in Time Magazine, people often don't get to that 2020 vision for like four to five years. So that means four to five years of feeling like a victim. And I say, no, 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 can we shorten that gap? So I realized by applying this Ogle method, we can get to it pretty fast. Even, I dare say, in real time, even while the shit is happening, we can apply this. So the O-G-L-E, this is the formula. And I use Ogle, by the way, because when I was younger, I was ogled a lot, meaning like lecherously and like, you know. You don't need me to tell you, Jaina, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. Super fun. Super fun. fun. (laughs) Oh my God. But in some way, I feel like I'm taking the power back. And that's what we do in dreams. When somebody is pursuing us, we turn the tables and we pursue it. We're like, no, no, no. I'm now chasing you. I'm going to be the stalker of you. What, who are you? What do you really want? What are you trying to like, what's the gift in disguise here? I'm not going to let you go until you tell me. So I've become the ogler of my own dreams and of my own life, meaning to really look at it. So O-G-L-E, it stands for this. When you're going through a difficult moment, the O is for allow yourself to be present to what is offensive. How are you offended by this? So I can pick, should I pick a random story out of the book that was, that I can give an example for? Is, yeah, is absolutely. It? We have all the time. So let me see. I'm going to, I'll, I'm going to go with the woman who's at the very, in the beginning of my book, I talk about a reporter who came to my house to interview me about the power of dreams, kind of like what we're doing here, but in person. And I was like, oh my God, I've, I've arrived. I'm a celebrity. Somebody's actually coming to my house to film me and ah, you know, this is right. a moment. And right away she says, is there any topics, uh, like anything that's taboo? And I said, no, I'm an open book. You can ask me anything. So we're talking about dreams. And then she says about, she says something about how, oh, so you say that every nightmare is actually a nightmare in disguise. And that's, and that's also true for our waking life just like I've told you over here, Jaina. Um, And I said, yep, that's true. She said, is that the way you feel about the year, one year that you were a stripper? And I'm like, wait, how did you, 
we and I kind of had like an exorcist moment where I, my head started spinning or in my mind and where I just felt like I was going to faint. Like, how did she know this? And she and I asked her and she said, oh, we were in a 12 step woman's meeting years ago. You might not remember me, but you shared about it. And I'm like, OK, first of all, those rooms are sacred and secret anonymous anonymous um but but the bottom line was i told her i was an open book i told her nothing was off limits and the bottom line was i so how i ogled the situation i was offended by the fact that she breached 12-step protocol like that she was daring to speak in a more public venue about something that I had shared in confidence that I was ashamed of. And I felt like she was doing a gotcha just so that her article could be more salacious and sell more, I don't know, whatever it was. So that was what was offensive was I felt slapped. I felt embarrassed. I felt humiliated. And um, and because I had been feeling so excited, it was also like as high as I went as, as was as far as I crashed. So now I moved to the G. The G is really hard to do, but the G is for what's good about this horrible thing. And so I had to look and eventually I thought, okay, well, what's good about it? First of all, what's good is this woman, if I'm going to be very generous, she's looking for, she's in the pursuit of truth, not just bullshit. She's not just, oh, let's talk about the surface. She was wanting to go deep with me so that maybe something deeper could be revealed for her readers. <clears throat> and I can appreciate that. I mean, I don't like the bullshit superficial stuff either. I'm also wanting to go deep. Mm -hmm. And what's also good is that she, this was, a, this is my local newspaper. This was not People Magazine. So, so at least the exposure wasn't, I mean, yeah, it was on a local level, but it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't national news like it, so that was good and what was also good was it showed me my own hypocrisy where i was preaching to other people my clients the worst thing about you is the best thing about you the thing that you think is your worst kryptonite is actually your magic superpower in disguise and i had been teaching other people to do this but i hadn't fully done that myself i had done it to a certain degree i'd been in therapy myself, but I hadn't fully loved that shadow part of me. So this, this was an opportunity for that. So the L for looking glass, I've kind of already said the L in the Ogle formula is for how am I just like that person? Like, just like in dreams, we look at everybody and everything from the perspective that they are a part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So how am I that same, that reporter? How am I the part of me that wanted me to be more honest, that wanted me to be, to not have any shame in my game, that wanted me to be able to just tell your story, Kelly, because maybe the real story is what people give a shit about. Maybe the real story is what will make a difference. You say that you wanna make a difference on the planet. Well, how about talk about this? Maybe just talking about dreams isn't enough. I'm like, oh. God. So that brings me to the E for elevate. The E for elevate is now what's the action step? Just like in the just like in the dream formula, I say that everything requires action ultimately. So what's the elevated action step? Well, I thought for myself, I'm gonna I'm gonna begin to write my story 
about that one year of my life. My and I did. I wrote I wrote a four hundred page story basically of every detail of that year that was the worst year of my life. It was and there were some really good things that happened in that year that I forgot about, but I wrote it all down. So it was a big action step. It was a big elevated action step for me to not just put it all in a closet and pretend it didn't exist, but for me to say, all right, let's make a project out of this. I'm going to write down every little memory. And once I did that, so that took me five years. <laughs> that was not, <laughs> that not, didn't happen overnight because it was like, it was a lot that happened in that one year. Every single, right. the people that have read it are like, that all happened in one year? <laughs> How are you still alive? But right. now I feel like, now I want people to read it because I feel like I've I've turned my broken heart into art. Now I, I'm much less afraid of it. And I'm, if anybody isn't going to love me because of that, then I don't want them in my life anyway. <laughs> so. Totally. And I, that it didn't even move me when you shared about your year as a stripper, because you've already shown me exactly who you are. And I wouldn't judge you based on your past and because you were so honest about it. And I too, uh, right now I'm involved in a 12 step program. And the best part, besides the fact that I'm there, the best part about it was it's given me the ability to be brave, to be transparent, to share on a deep yes. level and not give a shit what anybody thinks, but this is for mm. me. This is for yes. what I'm working on. Um, I need to be transparent and honest and it might help somebody else. Mm -hmm. You just helped somebody by being honest on my podcast. I know you did. I hope so. I hope so. And I think there is, yeah. And in a way like this, the inner Monroe, the little girl, the little is needs to have a place that is safe, that is fenced in to be able to share these things, to be able to, I mean, like they say in 12 step programs and I've been in most of them, <laughs> there's that saying that I love you're as sick as your secrets. Yes. Yes. That and is one of my favorites. Yeah. And so we don't have to write a book about every thing that we're ashamed of, but we need to at least tell one person, one safe person that is, that will hear us. I mean, like a sponsor in a 12 step program or a therapist mm -hmm. or a best friend or, or to even just write it in our own journal. So I think that's like a beginning step for being able to learn how to embrace ourselves. because if we, we can't expect the rest of the world to do it, I needed to do it myself. So ultimately, my my dear friends often say thank god for that reporter kelly thank god that she she was calling you out because like this book wouldn't exist a crisis is a terrible thing to waste wouldn't exist if she hadn't if that if that horrible moment hadn't happened and i and it felt like a kick in the gut it was a horrible moment i felt slapped in the face kicked in the gut publicly shamed and humiliated and yet if it wasn't for that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to talk about this stuff because like a few years ago, Jaina, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking like this. I wouldn't, I'd just be talking. It would be strictly about dreams, which is fine. That's enough. But I wouldn't be able to talk about some of these deeper things because now I've learned to embrace them in myself. And it's taken me going to extreme measures in order to do that. It wasn't enough for me to just share a little bit of it with a friend or whatever because i still had shame and we know that we're done with our shame when we feel like even if somebody even if people magazine was to reveal our worst secrets we'd be like cool 
Right. Can you believe I survived that? Woohoo. Yeah, I thought turn it around. <laughs> I'm exactly. really excited to read your book and I can't wait to get it. Oh, I can't wait for you to get a copy. Let me know. We'll send one to you. Yes, yeah. please, please, please. I'm dying to read it. Well, Kelly, I've absolutely loved this conversation with you. And I thank you so much for coming on my show today and adding so much value. Thank you, Jaina. It's such an honor to be with you. Thank you for being a space to to reveal your dream, first of all. I mean, think the revealing of your dream took us into this deeper place that, I mean, it, we might have had this lovely, more superficial conversation otherwise that still would have been fine. But a dream reveals a lot. And I, and I love that. I mean, it just really, ultimately it reveals your heart and it reveals your beauty. And, and it just makes me feel like I've known you for lifetimes. And I'm so grateful for this beautiful conversation. Thank yes, you. Same. And where can we find you? I know you're everywhere, but, um, oh, website, I, yeah. social media, all those things. So my website is my name, Kelly Sullivan Walden.com. And that's a long name for people. So you can also just go to I had the strangest dream.com. That's Love also that. my website. And there is where it's kind of the hub of all the things. And you can get you can find out about my book. Um, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. I still have some I have some if you sign up on my website to receive my newsletter, you get um, you get a introduction to the book. You get like a, a bit. You get to read my nitty shitty gritty list. Love that, <laughs> and some other gifts as well. On Facebook, I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden Dreams. On Instagram and Twitter, I'm Kelly S Walden, and on TikTok, I'm Kelly. I don't know what I am. I think if you just put Kelly Sullivan Walden, I think I'm, it's, I did it weird. So it's, I think you just have to find my, put my whole name in there and you'll find it. It's either <laughs> Kelly Sullivan Wald. I'm like, oh, that sucks. That's yeah. like not a real name, but whatever. It's, if you put in Kelly Sullivan Walden, you'll find me. And yeah, those are the main places. And the book is, I'm um, at hit number one, hot new release on Amazon. It just launched. Congratulations. This week. Thank That's you. Huge news. Thank you. Huge news. So, Amazon, you guys, hit up and, Amazon, buy the book. And this weekend, I think it's um, probably Monday, Women's World Magazine has named it Nonfiction Book of the Week. So, there's a half page piece on my book in woman's world. So when you're grocery shopping next week, pick, pick it up. Yes. Pick it up, you guys. And I will also put all of this in the show notes. So check it out there. But Kelly, thank you again. And congratulations on your book. That's Gina, something to be proud of. So much. I feel like it's been age defying being with you. You're, you're such a beautiful, beautiful heart, a beautiful space and a wonderful host. Thank you so much for having me on Ageless. You it's are a joy so to be with welcome. You. you are so welcome. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Ageless. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Tune in next week for a new episode.